So as I was finishing preparing this podcast, the words of Shnuki Shapiro in Dr. Midas Volume 3 came to mind. He sits down in the comfortable green chair that Dr. Midas bought at Gimbel's, turns the switch, and he goes, Where am I going? And he didn't know where he was going. So, that's what we're going to discuss. Where am I going? What does that mean? So, beginning of the parsha, it says, Vayetze Yaakov Be'er Shava Vayelech Charona. What I always found interesting was that even though the parsha is called Vayetze, it seems to be mostly about Vayelech Charona, his journey to Charon. So I know that's not always how we calculate what the name of the parasha is, but it's just interesting that the parasha is called Vayetze and not Vayelech. Or what would you call parasha the Vayelech? Another good question, but that's not for now. So, let's start with some hak. Some, whatever you want to call it, political or not hak. So, I just, I was noticing an interesting thing. There's the news now, if you're looking at it, I try not to, but you know, is a lot of hawk about anti-Semitism, about certain, uh, maybe a rapper, I don't know what the other guy is, and they're anti-Semites, right? And they say anti-Semitic things, I don't know who they said what about, um, and everybody's up in arms, right? Everybody's up in arms, I, I, I don't know exactly from which walks, but the first people, I, I don't know exactly the story. I haven't got it so clear. It sounds like um, that this person insulted certain members of the uh, esteemed Hollywood Jewish community. Now, I believe that these people are actors and actresses and and, and not necessarily um, the best of Jews in the world. I don't know if it was even about their Judaism per se. A lot lot of bad things happened and a lot of things wrong were done, but that was the anti-Semitism that was gone. And 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 it's horrible. And the reactions are strong in the news, and everyone's on the thing. Adidas, you know, boycotted and whatever, pulled up the, you know. On the other hand, we have, you know, Ilhan Omar. I think she's still in Congress. No one boycotted her. We have the New York Times, right? The New York Times is what we're going to focus on, actually. The New York Times wrote a whole article about Hasidim. They're fine. They probably still have all the Jewish ads in them. No one said anything from anywhere. Do they? Do they? Do they publish them? The movie. The movie, um, the movie, like things in uh, that the Hollywood guys make that didn't, that didn't, the ones that are upset at the rapper, did they, um, did they, they put their ads still in the New York Times because the New York Times are anti-Semitic. So, right? So what's going on over here? What's what's going on? What what do the Chassidim do? The Chassidim buy the New York Times? I don't think they buy the New York Times. But where's the what's the where's the outrage? Where's the where's the, everyone screaming? So we we really. We really, we really, we really know why it's like that because because it's not it's not, it's not how the world works. We know everyone. Asa saying as Yaakov, all the, all that's 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 how it is, and, and whether they say it or they think it or whatever, that's just you know, that's not the point. The point is what I'm focusing on actually is the Jewish reaction, the Jewish reaction, right? There's two reactions. We have whoever it might be, last name I don't know, Jewish guy, right? He multimillionaire does whatever he does in Hollywood or wherever it is and he's very upset because what he said was really 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 wrong right reacting 
suing everything, whatever he's doing, right? Costing this guy billions of dollars, which is which doesn't really, which is which is maybe you should. On the other hand, what are the Chassidim doing? Nothing. I mean, maybe they're, they're just making sure that things are safe. They're making sure that they, you know, they want to have schools a certain way. So maybe they are having court cases against the state, but I don't think they're doing anything. So how does that work? What's 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 the underlying thought process? So here's how here's here's how I think it is. Um, Yaakov spends a lot of time at Lavan, and at the end of the of the time period, he says, "Lavan, I want my schar." And he tells Lavan his, his criteria. I want these colors and speckled and spotted. And by the time the dust clears, Lavan managed to change his the criteria a hundred times. He changed it after the after the animals were already impregnated and too late to change. And, and no matter what Lavan did, it came out like, like Yaakov wanted. Boom, 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 right? Put the sticks. A lot of Mepharshim say the sticks couldn't be that they actually did anything because otherwise Lavan wouldn't let and, and and Yaakov would be stealing. So whatever it is, boom, what what so what's going on? What 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 what's what's going on? What's the game that's going on over here? What what what's what's shot? First of all first of all, what is Lavan thinking? And second of all, why is Yaakov even letting him do this? Especially if there's no real system, if he doesn't have any you know So the, the I heard explained that Yaakov was trying to save Lavan. How so? By showing him that God runs the world. We know Lavan believed in in some sort of form of Adizara where where by calculating all the different, you know, the ultimate almanac, so to speak, by calculating all the all the all the all the all the seasons and all the constellations and everything, that there was uh, that that's how things would be. And Lavan knew that if you have a two white sheep, right, you're gonna only have white sheep. Might be you'll get one or two baby sheep that you know, but he knew. And Yaakov was going to show... Yaakov was, for, for 20 years, at some level, was telling him, No, Lavan, God runs the world. God could do anything. And he said, You know what? I'm going to show you. Do whatever you want with my schar, because I'm going to get what I want, what's coming to me. You can't stop it. And he goes, and he goes, and he goes, and, and Yaakov comes out very, very rich, and Lavan is baffled. Because the only, there's only one option which the other one to choose, and that's that God is God, that God is the one doing it. Hashem is the one who's, who's doing this. And that's... That's a very hard pill for Lavan to swallow. So then Yaakov runs away with 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 the with the with, with the with the Imaris in the middle of the night. That's a shmooze for a different time. Exactly what's pshat in that? A very good pshat from a, uh, a very gishmak pshat from a, a basically like Isaac Sharon like Muster. Um, but we're not going to get into that. The point is, Lavan comes and Lavan chases down Yaakov, and before he reaches him, he gets a dream. Middle of the night, Hashem comes to him and says, "Don't harm Yaakov. Don't do anything to him, good or bad. Don't talk to him, right?" And and Lavan comes before Yaakov, and he gives him a sob story about how he left the middle of the night and how he didn't give him a chance to kiss his children goodbye and how horrible it was. And and it looks like you know. You see the you see like a presentation that looks really really honest and really truthful. Like he wasn't planning anything else. Like he just was innocently you know catching up to the his 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 grandchildren who ran away. Now, right? So what happens next? He says, and you know what? Hashem came to me last night and told me I shouldn't speak to you good or bad. So now what does that mean? This is how we heard it explained, and we'll see if it ties back into what we were talking about. 
When Yaakov heard those words, good or bad, something changed. And Yaakov goes ahead and gives love on the biggest Musashmus that he did. For 20 years he was quiet. Now he tells him what he's thinking. What happened? What happened? What happened was, was that Lavan exposed himself, so to speak. He showed that he's full of it. He doesn't really care. He doesn't really, really mean what he's saying. He's a liar and a thief and a scoundrel. And he was just putting on a show. Right? Why, 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 why Leia? Why Leia before Rachel? Did he care? Or did he know that Yaakov would have to stay for longer if he did it? And every other cheshbin that he had throughout all the years. Now he basically said, Hashem doesn't want me to talk bad or good, which means my bad is my good is bad and my bad is bad and everything's bad. I shouldn't talk. And then the, then you see he, he, he loses his eloquence. He starts talking much more like unpolished, and it sort of exposes him as who he is. And then Yaakov said, "You know what? You're exposing yourself. Fine. I'll tell you. I'll tell you how it really is." I'll tell you what I, what I think and, and why why you're wrong. And I'll tell you what you missed out on. You missed out on being involved in Klal Yisrael because now we're going to make a treaty. Now we're going to make a treaty to stay apart from each other. Because I tried. I tried. I tried to show you that you can't do anything to, to, to harm Ayid. You can't do anything to harm me. I tried and you, you, didn't, you didn't go for it. And you were coming to, to, to harm me even. You said so. So that was the end of it. So what... what, what, what so, what does that have to do with that, that, that my piece of politics that I was so, so gleefully sharing? So, it really is like this. If you know the truth, and you know who's in charge, you don't have to worry about, about you don't have to worry about what anyone says. You don't be stupid. Do your established, you know. You don't have to worry what anyone's saying. So, what is the, when you, when you read a New York Times article, that says a bunch of nonsense. You're like, oh, a bunch of nonsense, right? And when you read Curious George, and you wonder why he was put in jail for dialing one, three, four, I think seven, which somehow got to the fire department, and somehow they were able to lock him in jail, you say, oh, what a funny story, right? Okay, so when it touches a raw nerve, it's a little bit more sensitive because there is, you know, but like, I'm sorry that everyone thinks, really what you're thinking is, Nebuch, everyone thinks that way, they're so wrong. Okay, but then when someone says something which, which is the other way around, I remember when um, a, 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 a serial story came out in, uh, in the Mishpacha about a Kailal couple where the, where the husband was doing online gambling so he could stay learning. I don't know, some sort of really crazy story and his wife spent all the money. I don't know, it was like a whole whatever. And they took it out. People were so bothered by it. And the response in the letters were, what do you mean? If it bothers you, that's a problem. Because it should be such a ridiculous story that it shouldn't bother you. If it touches any raw nerves anywhere, there's a problem. And if it doesn't bother you, beautiful. So read the story. And they put it back in, actually, afterwards. Um, I actually, me and my friend, my friends, my dear, we actually wrote to Mishbach and called them and said, please put it back in. We like the story. Um, but that's what the point. So, so, so uh, not saying diminishing that the anti-Semitism is, is horrible, but when you get hit by a, by the truth, you react differently. When you get hit by the falsehood. As I just heard today, Rabbi was saying, you know, he was by, a, he was, he was, he was on a panel, and um, he was presenting basically how, how the difference between, between Islam, Christianity, and Judaism is that, um, 
the Muslims believe the only way to achieve whatever shlemus or whatever they think it is is by becoming Muslim, and uh, and the Christian by becoming a Christian. But Jews, we don't need you to join. We know it's true. You're welcome to keep seven mitzvahs ayah. You're welcome to join if you could pass, you know, the, the 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 entrance exam, so to speak. But we don't. We don't. We know the truth. We don't it doesn't bother us when you don't know. When you know. When you know there's something wrong with what you're saying, you get very sensitive about it. Threat to kill people, kill the infidels, whatever it might be. You know, that's pretty um, drastic way. That's if you don't. That's if you. That's if there's something missing from your from your truth. But if there's not nothing missing, you don't have to worry about it. Yaakov wasn't worried, right? So you don't have to react. When it came to the time where Lavan was exposing himself, then he had to tell him, you know, and he had to put down his foot. There was a shtadlis. Now I see. Oh, there's a Pesach. I can put my word in. You know, fine. I'll do what I have to do. But otherwise, okay. You know what? I have a Hashem. Hashem is stronger than you. Right? I don't have to worry about it. Now, fine. So now, let's get back to that first question, right? Where am I going? Vayelech versus Vayetze. So most of the parish is really about Vayelech Harana. So why is it called Vayetze? So really... Really, it depends on your perspective. Because right at the end of Yaakov was nervous, he he left. He made he put down his oil. He made a talk that prayed to Hashem, and and then Hashem said to him, he told him that you know you're going to come back to Israel and it's going to be okay. He gave him a haftacha, and Yaakov walked with a new spring in his step. I think Rishon Zilberstein says that, and and um, really, so really, what does that mean? What was the parsha about? Yaakov was happy when what was what, what was going on in the parsha? That it was just a temporary trip. He wasn't Ayela Harana. He was Vayetze Yaakov of Ereshava. He was going to go back. Right? When you come, when you go to Eretz Yisrael, you went home. And when you put up a sign, say, I know people who put up signs when they come back from Eretz Yisrael, it's not welcome home, it's welcome back. You're back here still on one more leg of your journey to get finally home. So it's a perspective. The parsha is Vayetze. Yaakov had to leave Eretz Yisrael. We have to leave Eretz Yisrael. We're in Gullis, but we're going to get back. If you want to know where you're going, you have to know. If you want to know, if you want to know where you're going, you have to have the right perspective. You have to understand. You have to see where am I going? Ah, it's a big picture. I'm really going home. I have to know the truth. The truth is that home is Eretz Yisrael. That's the truth. So I left Be'er Sheva. That's that's the important part. I was in Be'er Sheva in Eretz Yisrael, and now I'm not. But my journey is to get back to Be'er Sheva. So I don't really care about Vayelech Karana. That's it. that's what's going on. That's the story right now. But the reality is that I want to. I left Beersheba, which I want to go back to. That's the point. So where am I going? I'm going home. It might take me twenty years, but I'm going home. And Yaakov, armed with the with, with the betachin and Hashem and that truth, that MS of Yaakov that he knew, he was able to deal with Lavan and beat Lavan, and continue on his journey till he finished being vayetzim in Beersheba, and he ended up coming back to Eretz Yisrael. And Mr. Shem, we will also be as God type from Harvey Amenu. Amen. Have a wonderful Shabbos.